0: Welcome back to HodgePodge. I'm your host, Alison Kalakowicz. Thanks for joining me. Today's guest is Hillary Eicher. Hillary has written freelance for health and fitness articles for international and national magazines such as Self, Glamour, Fit, Fit Yoga, and Prevention. She holds 20 years experience in digital media, content writing, college-level writing instruction with universities. On her blog, Radio Free Hillary, she writes articles about health and wellness, natural healing, and transformation. She's a huge advocate of the healing properties of the practice of yoga and has practiced yoga for 20 years. Hillary's a wealth of knowledge uh, when it comes to the health and fitness areas, and as well as her writing experience and teaching experience. I'm so thrilled to talk with her today and feel that you'll be inspired. Stay tuned. Hello, Hillary. Hi, Allison. Welcome to HodgePodge. I'm thrilled to have you on today. And I'm so happy
1: to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Yes, yes. So I, I had told you earlier that I had briefly given a little bit about your background and and who you are. But I'd love uh, to start out with you giving our listeners um, a little bit about your life in California and and uh, your background. Yeah. So. Um...
1: I actually am from New York, but I moved out here um, a long time ago now, like thirty years. I've been living in Los Angeles since the late '80s, and uh, I moved out um, from New York. I, I was working at Vogue magazine at the time, and um, I moved out here and actually to be with someone. at the and then I just have stayed. I stayed in LA. I sort of checked
0: into the Hotel California. <laughs> I love that as they I, say yeah, that sounds so so metropolitan and so uh, so 80s too I was working at Vogue magazine in New York City and then <laughs> followed my dreams to California <laughs> I love that and,
1: and, and I really did I really did Allison follow my dreams
0: that is that <laughs> which is awesome. you know it
1: doesn't yeah. So I don't know how realistic that was <laughs> to chase that dream. But
0: <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes in our youth, you know, it's easy to do that. But hey, I'm all about following your dreams. So I <laughs> but doing doing it now in a more mature way than than uh, maybe as impulsively as <laughs> at one time. <laughs> so, yes.
1: And go ahead. No, and I was going to say, i you know, as you know, I, I also teach, and i I try to encourage my students to follow their dreams as well.
0: you know, I think it is really important to to follow your dreams yes, definitely, so yeah. you are um, an instructor uh, English instructor, professor and uh, in what university?
1: Yeah, so I've been teaching um English
0: and writing at the
1: Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. They're located in downtown Los Angeles.
0: That's that is really exciting. So so most of your students are design students. They're all going into the fashion industry.
1: Yes. Well, um you know Vidum is pretty well known. It has a reputation and um, fashion design is one of the majors, but students can also major in like uh, beauty, Um, the beauty, they can uh, learn about the beauty industry, the costume design. Um, They have social media now and visual communications. There's a whole bunch of different majors for them. But but they still
0: have to, you know,
1: fulfill their requirements for um,
0: English, you know, in writing. Right. Yeah. And I think that's interesting with your background from from writing with um, more of a, you know, like Vogue, um, that would have given you kind of an insight. Did you write about fashion or was it more um, health and and, uh, related articles that you've you've trended toward? You mean
1: when I worked at Vogue a long time ago, yes right, so my experience when I was at Vogue, you know that was right out of college, so I was pretty young, and it was in the eighties eighty four so I literally packed a suitcase i I waitressed for a year, I graduated from University of Virginia, okay and I studied fiction, oh and i had, yeah, and I wanted to be a writer, so i I sent a short story. Uh, before I left for New York to Mademoiselle, which is now defunct that that magazine was part of the Condé Nast family, mm-hmm. but it, it, you know, it folded a long time ago, right. but they had a, a pretty well-known short story um, department there in the features. And so I sent a story there and then I waitressed for a little while after college. And then I just packed a suitcase and moved to to New York city. And I I managed to get hired in Vogue. And so I started out, you know, I actually started out working in the reader letters department. Okay. (laughs) Which, which was not, you know, the fashion part of Vogue, it was like off to the side. And then, you know, gradually, I, I managed to get promotions, and I went up to the editorial department. And so I worked there, but I really didn't start writing, like, longer articles until, um, like, 2000.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then
1: my, yeah, my yoga practice kind
0: of led me to that. Okay. So I just love that. It's like um, a real life devil wears Prada story.
1: (laughs) Seriously. I just watched a movie yesterday with the actress from, Devil Wears product. Yeah. Emily Blunt. I think she said that. Yeah, and you know what? That's exactly the way that it
0: was. To yeah, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yeah, in Meryl Street. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, um Allison, when I was at Vogue in the '80s, that is when Anna Wintour mm-hmm. was on her way up. Wow! And she, I used to see her in the elevator. Oh my yeah.
0: gosh. <laughs> amazing and she would wear sunglasses
1: at lunch To at lunch
0: her famous glasses her her (laughs) her blunt haircut I can see her right now (laughs) I love it see yeah I was that's amazing that's so and it's such a dream for so many aspiring writers and and folks out there you know to be able to 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 go and like you said, after college and just pack their suitcase and go to New York City and you know, and place that they're looking toward and and what an exciting beginning for you. <laughs>
1: It was, I mean, it didn't come without its pain. I mean, I, I really, my parents were like, you need to come home. It's not working out. And then somehow it just did. And they called it a glamour job. Like they didn't, they hardly paid us anything. And we were making like $12,500 a year. Yes.
0: Yeah. I know. I I know. <laughs> I mean, in the late nineties when I graduated from, from college and went to went to write for a newspaper You know, at that time, it was it was near impossible for especially a single female to be able to survive on a writer's income because it was it was nothing. It was it was literally and I worked all the time. So you really had to work hard and have multiple jobs (laughs) to to be able to to make that work.
1: And at Vogue, you know, back then at Vogue, they expected that of you. You know,
0: it was very like
1: Devil Wears Mm -hmm. Prada. They expected you to just work for pennies and put up Mm. with, you know, that type of environment you know (laughs) yes
0: yes being (laughs)
1: belittled (laughs) yeah it was called it was called like a glam job yes oh my gosh you know but we got into all the music you know we had like this cachet like we got into all the museums free and we got all the invitations like we would open up the editor's mail at lunchtime and all the party invitations and things like that that they were up for wow. the stories
0: you could tell then did you get to go to like the met um gala or any of those types of events?
1: Not those, but I'm sure that, you know, some of the fashion socialites in the fashion department. I was in features, mm-hmm. but you know, that kind of um you could definitely have your entree there. <laughs> yes. you know? I can only imagine.
0: Yeah. That is so <laughs> fun. Oh my god. Yeah they
1: called us they called us Voget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it I love it instead of the rockets, the Vogettes <laughs> that is right. hilarious oh my gosh yeah. I, w- I want you Aww. to write a book about your time during your youth <laughs> or at least a fiction book about what it was like to to work at Vogue but your own personal take I'm sure it would be great also
1: Alison it was really at a time where New York you know we were there like in the 80s like 84 85 86 and you know that's when New York was so exciting you know with the East Village Mm -hmm. it wasn't gentrified yes and then you know the punk scene Mm -hmm. you know with all the you know we had like um B-52s and the mud club and um all of that was really yeah, happening there. it was
0: a it was a happening time yeah and yeah. And, and then you moved to LA uh, did you move directly to LA or or another a- area in California
1: right so at the time my my now husband was a sports writer and he had won a national sports writing scholarship okay. called the Grantland Rice scholarship and i met him on a blind date in new york oh, okay and he was writing sports here in LA. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go out to LA and marry a famous writer. <laughs> you know <laughs> that, was, that was my plan. Yeah. So I moved out here, but as the story goes, you know, it didn't go as planned. So, um, we kind of broke up for a year. Okay. And then, um, we did get back together. Now we're married, but, um, he, you know, I I moved out to Los Angeles and I was working for the Los Angeles Times. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah. So I got lucky again. I got a job and I um I didn't have a great job. My title was copy messenger, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just like a copy girl. But um I did get to do amazing um research for for an editor there. You know, and that was really Just exciting. to be,
0: to have been able to be employed and study under an editor and, and just the, um and like you said, the experience of learning how to really do research and in-depth research for especially types of articles that would be coming through the LA Times, I can only imagine.
1: Oh, yes. I learned so much. And I mean, like one time I had to go to the LA, cor- uh, the coroner's office. <laughs> which is like, you know, mythological here in LA,
0: so.
1: And they sure did. They didn't like me asking any questions.
0: I wonder, (laughs) my cousin, she she moved out to LA in Hermosa Beach during the the mid-80s and um, late 80s, and uh, met her husband there also, and she worked with UCLA. So I wonder if if you ever (laughs) crossed paths. You probably... Maybe you did, i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah l a it's such a huge city, yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, I used but, to and, think and, it was you know, exciting because I was you know young, and she was my idol who had moved out to l a and I just thought that was so cool for a little girl growing up in you know a small town south in North Carolina, and she would send me postcards of um punk rockers. And I would just thought it was amazing.
1: (laughs) I have to say, Allison, I, you know, I run into people, they're young, and I'm like, Oh, my God, you moved here from like a small town in Virginia, all by yourself. (laughs) And I, I even with my students, sometimes I'll talk about like, what does it take? Yeah, for somebody to actually be able to have the courage to like pull up their you know, bootstraps, your and,
0: roots. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: and it just take that risk. But you know, it's so important in life to take risk. It
0: is. I, I believe that too. You have to put yourself out there, and you and the lessons to. that yeah. you learn about people, the world around you, you know, just only make you more knowledgeable and and wiser. I hope maybe even more a little bit more um, open and and loving, <laughs> kinder in some ways. We,
1: you hope so, you know, you, sometimes it takes time to work through it and you have to be patient. I mean, but I just think that taking chances, following your dreams,
0: you know, risk taking is a really important part of uh, life. Yes. Yeah. And if you fall down then you just get back up and you just keep trying. Right. I, I definitely knew this. I have, (laughs) I, I, I've, 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 uh, I've been doing that for quite some time now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I would say New York and LA, they're tough cities. It's not easy here. It's very competitive. And even like when I talk about my experience at Vogue, you know, now I don't even know really else. And if I would get hired there, right. because the competition, you know, it's so
0: much uh, more intense. Now. Right. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. let's, Let's talk a little bit more about, um, so obviously you, you said, you know, you, you took the plunge, you moved to New York city, you wound up in Vogue. And since then though, and, and I think you were saying in 2000, you started doing, branching out, doing more writing. Um, and, uh, and, and when you started practicing yoga, pretty, um, Seriously, uh, I would think so. What what got you into yoga and health and fit, fitness um, uh, articles and, and writing? Right. So
1: um, you know, I live in a neighborhood that's pretty fashionable now, called Silver Lake. Okay. Um, but that it kind of took off in the late '90s. Um, you know, the Beastie Boys mm-hmm. lived here. My my neighbor was my <laughs>
0: No. And um, my son, my yes, my I husband know. and son would die. And, and it's so funny. My second grader just this morning asked me if I ever got to see the BC Boys in concert. And unfortunately, your second parents, his, his, <laughs> yes, his parent, we're. Um, <laughs> We're a little different. That's hilarious. My, <laughs> My husband grew I up in, in Philadelphia. He like grew up in Philly. So he's like hip hop and um <laughs> I, I, we're just <laughs> our child is exposed to to a lot of different things.
1: <laughs> That's so wonderful. Wow. <laughs> they have a reputation, I guess, with the second graders. <laughs> I know they're featured their song, um, Sabotage, I think, is featured in one of the Star Trek.
0: Oh, yeah. With the the boys. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. (laughs) But like back then, like in the late 90s, you know, I moved to L.A. and I managed to find a a place to live in Silver Lake. But this was like in 88. And, um, you know, I did get back together with my husband. But the neighborhood, it's so on the map now. And it just became more and more um, fashionable and like back was our neighbor Ooh. and Mike D was our neighbor, all kinds of people. Um and, and they became, were your friends like the, <laughs> Were you well, friendly with them? Um I don't well I I would say that um what happened with yoga was like the neighborhood was still kinda under the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a real you know it was a music scene in the late nineties with the red hot chili mm-hmm. peppers. And there was a yoga shala um, up on Sunset Boulevard called Ahimsa. And so um, I had always wanted to start yoga, you know, I but I never, like, found my way there. Right. And then, um, you know, my mother, um, who has since passed away, she was a pretty heavy smoker. And she quit smoking for, like, a mm. year or, or for a month. She went to, like, a... a um, a program so we went together on uh, one day she was staying with me because she came from mm-hmm. new york and she loved los angeles you know she fell in love with california it's
0: such so, so polar opposite <laughs> kind of yeah yes
1: yeah and the weather <laughs> yeah. it's like you know beautiful so so i we went together to try yoga and i stuck with it and i just sort of worked my way up they had all these classes um they started that beginner, Allison, and then you could kind of move up little by little. And at the time, like, it was just the the owner, Kimberly Flynn, um, she owned the Shala with her husband at that time. And um, she, she used to teach Madonna. Wow. Yeah, so Madonna would go to – well, I didn't know Madonna, but Mike went to that Shala, Mike D. And um, that's how I got into yoga, and I just – as soon as I started practicing my life, just sort of yeah, This
0: is like a quintessential, like California, like this, is, your story <laughs> is, I'm just sitting here like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. <laughs> uh, it seems that way, you know, it's a good yeah. story to
1: tell, but you know, the details are, can be, a, you know, I mean, the details add a lot as well. Like it's, it's not easy, you know, it takes a lot of work, but once I started practicing ashtanga you know which is a daily practice I don't know do you know that um
0: yoga practice I I have I'm not well versed but yes I do know I've I have practiced on and off for 20 years probably myself and um a good friend of mine had um, had a lot of experience and was my neighbor at one time. And she would come over and practice with me and teach me. Um, so it was kind of nice ha- <laughs> having a good friend who is like my personal yoga instructor for a little while.
1: <laughs> well, you know, um, Ashtanga, every, all yoga is hot hatha mm-hmm. yoga. You know, they call it mm-hmm. hatha yoga, the sun mm-hmm. and the moon. But there's different ways of learning about yoga. You know, some people do Uh hot yoga, um, Iyengar, Uh whatever, you know. Um, But this is Ashtanga. And it's the yoga was kind of created, uh, the practice, by Patabi Joyce. He died about five years ago. But um, it's a series of asanas that you do. So you learn primary, Uh then you do second, third, Uh and so on. And so I just... I just started doing Ashtanga and it's like a daily practice. So you have to make a commitment.
0: Right. It becomes a part of your 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 life, your your daily meditation, your, you know, that that is that's really interesting. So you have done it every day since since you started practicing Ashtanga? I I have done
1: it every day, Allison. I stuck with it, and um, I just noticed that when I started, I became—I started to feel so much better. Like honestly, my teacher Kimberly, I was like, "Well, I work out at the gym," and she's like, "No, you can work out here. You, this is what you need." And I, I was very reluctant to kind of leave my regular gym and go over to mm-hmm. this shala. Um, but she goes, Hillary, when if you wake up in the morning and you feel like shit. Come to yoga class and you'll feel better. And I, that's how how it started. And I was like, "Well, I'll try." No,
0: I I I can completely (laughs) um, empathize with that because when I am practicing, I do feel a hundred times better than when I'm not. And I tend to have sciatica and some other you know issues and things that are like genetically run i think in my family my mother has had a lot of um back issues and and things over the years and so it it struck me when i saw that you had an article i believe it was just on the on your blog you can correct me but your blog radio free hillary um and and the article is Mm -hmm. titled yes yoga three times a week can prevent spinal surgery and it was all about the benefits of yoga and uh, you opened the article up with yoga may not alter the trajectory trajectory of family genetics in a lifetime, but it can prevent the need for spinal surgery. And that spoke so much to me because I was like, yes, when I am practicing yoga, when I'm doing, you know, the stretching and, and just uh, the physicality of that, not only does it help my mental health, but it helps my, you know, my aches and pains also. So give some background on what inspired that article topic. Yeah, so the thing is, Allison,
1: um, I feel like, as I may have mentioned to you, you know, um, that runs in my family, Mm -hmm. too. And um, my mom used to complain of sciatica and pain in her spine, and my brother had pretty um, serious spinal surgery. And I wondered, like, is this genetic? Do I have it? So like any idea, it kind of um, just came out of questions, raising questions about what you want to know or what are you curious about, right. you know? And, and I was like, I just want to know, like, how yoga can help to prevent spinal surgery. Because honestly, so much of our, you know, one thing I've learned in um, practicing yoga all these years is, like, how powerful our mind mm-hmm. is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, the mind can really set you back. You know, the mind is what blocks us. And so um, I I just kind of wanted to know like am I gonna get this? Is this run in my family? And there's just so many studies that have been done that you know show that yoga actually it can fix a lot
0: of this these ailments. Yes, definitely I I believe it. It's just also changing our habits and changing you know because I'm I am a total. Uh, I'm guilty of this. I get, (laughs) I, I stop prioritizing, you know, that for a while. And then what happens, I slowly feel more irritable. I, I hurt, I gain weight, you know, like, and then I'll, you know, instead of, you know, connecting to the behavior and saying, okay, it's time, just do it, you know, but then then slowly I'll gravitate back and I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm getting it back together. But that, I need the discipline <laughs> that you have, that you told yourself, you know, that you would just make that a, a, a part of who you are. And obviously it's, it sounds like it's helped. Well, I
1: think that it's so true about habits. Mm-hmm. You know, yoga is all about um, breaking attachments. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, whatever you might be attached to, you know, maybe it's food, maybe it's like Mm -hmm. um, cigarettes Mm -hmm. or alcohol, you know, technology, whatever it is. I think for some reason, yoga has the power to help us, uh, you know, be able to look at that block and then sort of um, learn to to let it go and make better choices. Right. (laughs) It, It brings that awareness. So like you're like, I'm I realize, you know what, I feel better when I do this. And then you start
0: making better choices in your yes. life. Well, I'm gonna make it a goal. I'm, right now while I'm talking to you for the <laughs> for the next <laughs> year, I am going to try my best <laughs> to commit to doing yoga at least once a day. So that will be <laughs> Well, the thing is, so Allison, I think
1: sometimes too though, it depends on where mm-hmm. you are in life. Like for me, I started when Mm -hmm. I was like 40, so I was able to make a commitment. Okay, I did have to sacrifice to Mm -hmm. get up early and do it, but like you have to learn also to go with the flow, you know, like some days maybe stuff happens and you have a busy day or, you know, something happens, it's a crisis, you know, you have to learn how to kind of um, go with the flow. And I think yoga helps us to learn how
0: to be flexible. Literally. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah and like you know you might say okay i'm gonna do it every day and you know you make the time you get up at seven and practice from seven to mm-hmm. eight thirty um but then as best you can one day maybe something comes up you have to kind of don't don't hate yourself right what I mean. so
0: have you taught yoga yeah. or uh, have you been a yoga instructor or
1: um i have not not yet but i'm i'm gonna start I think soon, I think that there's like a program in New York where this doctor, I want to do a more integrative type of yoga Mm -hmm. teaching, like maybe go to Mm -hmm. hospitals or,
0: um,
1: yeah, where I can teach like for osteo, to prevent like arthritis or osteoporosis. Right. Yeah, stuff like here that.
0: locally in Fayetteville, um, since we have a huge military population and there's been a direct, uh, a lot of research done about the effects of yoga on uh, individuals who have, like we just talked about, have uh, physical um, uh limitations from combat-related injuries and then also PTS um, from uh, post-traumatic stress um, and the benefits of practicing yoga. And I uh, have a local connection here that they have um, a wonderful program that they are providing to uh, soldiers and civilians um, for that. And it's more really like a clinical um minded practice um and uh it's beautiful it's called guiding uh guiding wellness institute they even uh travel teach um i think in las Vegas and some other places so
1: yeah. how how do how do they
0: respond to
1: that the, i think um, it's been event?
0: um i interviewed um the owner uh Kelsey Timmis and she they have, they do a lot of case management along with that too. So they don't just teach yoga. They follow along their veteran or active duty um, person Mm -hmm. to, you know, and so it's a whole, an entirely holistic healing um, practice and, that's and they, amazing. Yes, that's and they've, fantastic. Done, they've done a great mm-hmm. job. So <laughs> that's just an idea. They have yes, a, great, I, a great program that's actually nationwide and, and they're doing some wonderful things.
1: I do. <laughs> and I, I like the whole clinical mm-hmm. element mm-hmm. to it also. Yeah. Because that's how I think we can really work right. with it.
0: Changing you know? your brain, changing your mind, changing your behavior to be able to, to love yourself and to accept that and to do something very positive for yourself yeah yes, I love it
1: yeah and I feel like you know the thing with yoga is that it's so westernized mm-hmm. now and commercialized so it's really important if you're thinking of starting a practice to find a teacher that can teach you what you need to know because yoga in its essence is like
0: a breathing mm-hmm, system right and especially with the, I would think the ashtanga that it uh, that very deep Breathing from your, you know, that guttural breathing to learn how to really tune in to your breath and the the importance of of breath.
1: Yeah, and there's all these subtleties. I mean, if you really study Hinduism and like, I recently read the Tibetan Book of the Mm. Dead. And when we, according to the Tibetan Book of the Dead, Allison, when we die, like the soul goes on its journey when it leaves the body, and our breathing, like the soul will leave in a certain direction, (laughs) you know, to, to bring our spirit up, you know, if our breathing is open, you know, we we want to go in in the the right right direction direction. for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if there's anything, there's that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I got to get get ready. ready. I got to get my soul ready for the journey. (laughs) I love yeah. that. So right now too, with um while we are in the midst of social distancing, um, you know, the benefits of yoga also um when for folks at home, uh dealing with the pressures we were talking before we started, um, you know, the adjustment to uh, virtual online instruction from your, your end, you've had to go from in-person to being now learning to be a virtual teacher, you know, from my standpoint, becoming, uh, you know, helping my child day in and day out with getting his schoolwork done. <laughs> but so what is, how has been the transition um, for you? Wow. So, well, you know, I always, you know, I've been teaching for a long time now, almost 15
1: years, but I've always wanted to learn, you, you know, how to teach online because I think that's the direction education is mm-hmm. going in. <laughs> ultimately it's going to be going to online. Um, so I taught my first class online last week. And I would say that I did have to put in a lot of time, you know, learning how to use Zoom and having the right equipment, mm-hmm. all of that, getting it set up. Um, so I'm cu- pretty new to it, Allison. I did, it did go well last Tuesday. It went well last
0: week. Um,
1: you know, it's just a totally different way of connecting. It is.
0: It is. And to to and for someone like so, you that has wholly done, you know, in person instruction, you know, it's it's a huge change. Huge <laughs> No, you know, and, I'm just
1: really looking for ways to make it as interactive as possible, keep my students kind of there and present. I'm afraid they're just gonna put up a picture and disappear. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know if there's like in, if you're in the classroom you can say okay um so and so what do you think but like you they just stick up a picture right
0: oh gosh <laughs> my son would be so excited if he could do that he yeah I'm like i
1: don't know what they're doing like glue I'm it like, on his on,
0: on the <laughs> back of their chair
1: <laughs> <laughs> right well yeah so so that i don't know right but um it's different it's a kind of completely different but um i'm just looking for ways that i can um you know, communicate with them opportunities to develop that, right. you know, has, which is all new. I'm yeah. just
0: curious, has there been conversation through the university about, you know, what procedures they'll be following in the fall?
1: Um, I believe, I'm not sure, Allison. I know for summertime we're, we're teaching online. I think it's going to go through the end of the year. I don't think they've announced it formally yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that we're not, I don't think we're going to be going back on
0: campus. Until 2021, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I don't know for sure if FIDM has announced it, but I think that that might be it. I know that for summer, I'm pretty sure we're going to be here.
0: Yeah. I'm But they did a
1: good job. It was a big transition for the institution, too, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to get us
0: all shifted over to that mindset. Yes. I mean, immediately had to act on that. And to be able to help students. I mean, my, I'm in awe of all educators and the school systems, you know, at first, you know, the parents or the students, you know, we're, <laughs> we were taking it personally, you know, we were like, oh no, <laughs> no. But now, you know, just to think of what, what you just said, what had to go into designing all of this, not just for university students, but for every every student out there, you know, it, it's, it's been, it's been really an amazing transition. So.
1: And for instructors too, you know, especially for, cause some instructors, you know, aren't that computer savvy.
0: Right. Yes. You know, it,
1: at a school like FITM, you know, where you're teaching actual design, you know, a lot of instructors who have been there for years, they don't even use e-learning.
0: Right. It's all hands on. It's all right. Right. So I have a friend who is in, she's an eighth grade teacher and has been teaching for 20 years and, uh, you know, middle school in her classroom with her, you know, reading her Edgar Allan Poe and doing her little antics and her thing, you know, and, and has like, there's a science there and for her she's never had sat at a computer you know she's never it has always been in person other than to answer emails or some things that they've had to do you know so you know I I see that and 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 you know so many it just (laughs) you're really having to be creative
1: definitely and I think students too you know what really kind of concerns me is that they they don't benefit from the social mm-hmm. connection. Like a big part of school is like, especially for kids, you know, young kids mm-hmm. and any college age, is just like, they want to have fun with exactly. each other. And, and, and I know
0: I have friends whose children are graduating this year. Of course they're, you know, so sad that their graduations have been canceled and it's, everything's all, you know, up in the air still and and then they're going to college next year they're excited about having the university's experience and now you know what is that going to look like you know um so I'm I'm sad for them I know, <laughs> I know. it's my nephew I mean he he's exactly
1: he's supposed to go to uh Penn state and we don't even know. I mean, right. It's so uncertain. I just, I think that's just a big question. Yes. is how is this going to play out in the near future? And are we in this for like, you know, the duration, because it's just, I I think this is just the beginning. I mean, I think this is the beginning
0: of a whole new world. Yes. I think, I think you're right. So probably Mm -hmm. with that said, we all need to, to really um, ramp up our, um, online skills <laughs> we need to continue to to follow our dreams and <laughs> grow and and keep learning so that we know how to ev- to evolve in this time right <laughs> and yeah and and everybody and find go ways ahead.
1: and and find ways yeah to um if you can integrate a yoga practice into your life you know that can
0: that can really help. yes Definitely. I, I think so. Well, I'm going to cut it. We went a little longer and, um, and I'm going to uh, stop us here, but I think this has been a fascinating conversation. So much fun, Alison. <laughs> Thank you so yes. much for, for inviting yes. me. I, I'm
1: glad we found yes. each other.
0: Yes. Yes. And we, to, to give your brother, Charles, a little um, opener, I'm hoping to have him one uh, in the near future. And that's kind of how we met. You've been, kind of um in the background with him uh what, he's written a wonderful children's book called little fergan's fish feelings and thank um, you
1: allison and your book oh, too. yeah you. and your book the uh, big book.
0: red monster truck
1: yeah. yeah i'm so glad we found each other and you know i'm not used to talking about myself i don't really talk about myself very much so to have somebody interested
0: in my life is <laughs> I, I can't believe that because you're fascinating. I could have spent another, the rest of the afternoon talking to you. <laughs> oh,
1: that's so funny. Um, Thank you, Allison. That's so sweet of you. And it, it really is fun to, you know, to kind of re- go over my story. Yes. Back when I was younger, I always wanted my life to kind of go like a novel.
0: So maybe. maybe I think it, you've got you one know, there. there. <laughs> keep turning those pages go go back to that fiction (laughs) that fiction background from (laughs) uva yes
1: we'll talk again and um yes and um thank you so much thank you
0: for being a guest and thank you to all of our listeners out there i'll continue to try and bring you fascinating content like with uh hillary here so i hope that Uh, still transitioning, doing well and staying healthy. Until next time, thanks for listening.